Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers, and I'm here once again to look forward to another big game for Northampton Town. After last weekend's hammering by Pompey, there's no let-up at all as the Cobblers host another promotion challenger in Bolton Wanderers at Sixfields. Here to talk all things Bolton with us is Colin Yates from the Fan Zone podcast. How are you doing, Colin? Yeah, very well, thank you, Danny. Good. You've recovered from your from your midweek chaos at Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily, I didn't travel down to Cambridge on a on a Tuesday, uh, but I know obviously plenty of people did, and yeah, not ideal. But never mind, no. it is what it is. I guess. Yeah, it gives you a bit bit more of a rest, I guess, um, if if you can, playing-wise, I suppose. But we'll, we'll come into that a little bit later. I um, wanted to yeah. start off, really, with looking back on the game in October. Bit of a weird one. I don't know if you were there at the time, but you, you're yeah. storming into a two-goal lead. Dion Charles, Randall Williams with the goals early on. That was within about yeah. 15 minutes. You're 2-0 up at your yeah. place. Um, we're sat there, like, head in our hands, thinking we're not playing well at all. We're not in the game. Nothing's mm. happening. Nothing's working. We looked all over the place and it looked like it was going to be, what, six or seven nil, you know, battering. And did you get that sense from a home fan's point of view as well? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, the, the problem is with us, I think there's there's always an, there's an, always, always an expectation, kind of rightly or wrongly, when it comes to whoever we play, really. Um, especially in League One, we expect to win. So when when we do race ahead, you know, in, uh, like like we did against yourselves, yeah, you might have looked in and thought, "Why are they not more up for this?" <laughs> Possibly, I'm not sure. Um, but it, it's happened quite a few times over uh, Ian Everts' uh, tenure at the club, where we do tend to kind of come out of the traps pretty quickly, and then um, either you know race ahead and win, you know, six, seven, like we've done against like, like Sunderland and Exeter. Uh, or we'll we'll do what we did against yourselves and and, and obviously just kind of like manage the game a little bit or try and manage the game out a little bit for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, we, we I, I kind of sat there and did think you know it, it might be four or five this, but credit to yourselves, you know you, you you're, you're quite clearly a decent side and um, good manager. Obviously got got good, good kind of good kind of methods. So 
you know, you, you managed to get back into the game, which I thought you were quite unlucky in the end, maybe not to come over the point. Yeah, it's that weird football fans thing, isn't it? If, you're, if your team's 2-0 up, you're thinking, oh, we need a third, we need a fourth to make it safe. If you're 2-0 yeah. down, you're thinking, we're never getting back into this. It's just the way football fans work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sometimes the case is just trying to win the second half, as they say, isn't it, really? It, you know, from, from the other team's perspective. Yeah, and, and actually... Some of the times we've gone two or three nil down this season, we like at Portsmouth last weekend, prime example. It has just rolled rolled through the second half exactly the same, and we have lost by that score. Not not many times, but it has started to creep in a little bit. We just can't get back into games. Yeah. Um, on that occasion, though, Hoskins scores midway through the second half. Good it just Good yeah, it, it was yeah, it's a lovely goal for me. It's not doesn't score a lot of headers, but it's a it's a nice little header. Um, but the place just seemed to get nervous as soon as that goal went in. Did you kind of get that sense as well that an equaliser might be coming? Because we, we seemed to somehow get our way back into the game. And as soon as that goal went in, it looked like, you know, it really felt like a nervous place. Yeah, I think what I've kind of noticed over the, the recent um, maybe, maybe, maybe years or months, more, more months, I'd say, because of the, the, the amount of, fans that were getting in the stadium like north of 20 you know 22,000 every week the the players sometimes struggle to play in that environment um when you know when there is a bit of adversity um so i think them type of crowds tend to be more kind of in in the higher echelons of english football you know certainly like we've just been like 20 24 25,000 on this 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 season uh, and I do strip, think sometimes like, when you strip it back, you know, the, the lads that we've got are currently League One footballers and, you know, the, the, some of them aren't kind of used to that kind of pressure. Um, so obviously that when when the fans start, you know, reacting in a certain way, on-field management is, is really a really important part of the game, isn't it? And um, sometimes we do we do struggle. So it doesn't surprise me that, that kind of that, that's the way it went, really. Because it's happened a couple of times this season, to be honest. Yeah, is that just like an expectation thing? Do you think just like the place just gets nervous just because of the types of? I mean, not I don't want to put us in a in a bracket, but no. we had just come up recently. You know, you've got yeah, that feeling absolutely. of you know, obviously you're a bigger club in terms of all your achievements and everything like that, and yeah. where you are in the footballing period. We we get that, you get that, because yeah. you know we would have felt the same thing in League Two if somebody if team comes up from the National League, we would have been yeah, feeling absolutely. exactly the same thing. So it's it's just how it works. Um, yeah, is, is that like an expectation thing for you in in terms of? this kind of game you need to be winning. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to get promoted and you want to mm. play back in the championship, you need to be beating Northampton with all due respect. So there, mm. there is that, absolutely. Um, I mean, what what I'm of an age where I'm like 36 now, so I've kind of seen us in the championship a long time in the Premier League, playing in Europe and then back down here. So my generation do have quite high expectations and sometimes I have to kind of strip it back a little bit and just realise kind of where we're at, if you will. Um, but sometimes I think it's important as a football fan, if you support a club like ours, to kind of go and realise that. Um, and sometimes we are we are guilty of, um, of, of, of expecting too much sometimes. Um, and, and not giving enough credit to the opposition, I'd say as well, mm-hmm. that, that's important. You know, because of the fact that, you know, in League One, the players' names aren't up in lights and you don't know too much about them. You know, you just look at the, the, the club in question and just presume that you're going to win, which is obviously the completely the wrong thing to think and the wrong thing way to act. Um, so slowly and surely, I'm, I can only speak for myself, um, I've certainly kind of realised that that's not the way it kind of works, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
a lot of football clubs at this level do play decent stuff. And, and at the end of the day, when they come to our place and they're playing in front of you know big crowds, they, they want to perform because they want they intend to play on top of the game. So you got to respect that. Yeah, come in, sort of raise their game because it's Bolton kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, well, you had yeah, that the week before, maybe that essentially, didn't you? Playing in, in the environment, possibly as well, Danny. You know, like it's mm. you know, like you said earlier on, we went to Cambridge the other day and the game got called off because it was a wet pitch. That hadn't. That had never happened at our place. Do you get what I mean? So, like, yeah. teams when well, players when they come to our place, they look around and think, "Yeah, I love a bit of this today. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to beat the, I want to beat these type of things." Do you get what I mean? So, yeah, uh, which how you'd expect them to react. Yeah, I mean, it feels like slightly an outlier on our season as well. That the fact that we've gone two 0 down and we start to fight back and we we found our way in the second half five more minutes who knows what could have happened uh, look yeah. at the stats for the first half you've got 65 percent possession to our 35 about eight shots to our three and four on target to our none second half completely switches around 50 50 possession yes. seven six in terms of shots and then we've had four shots on target to your two it just completely turned around and it it feels like you know had there been that extra little bit of time we might have been able to get something and get a really good result but but for you the week before you i think you'd lost to carlisle at home as well and you? you've had that sort of pretty big defeat I think Gibson scored a hat-trick I think that that was that one wasn't it Um, so for you actually to hold on to that 2-1 win was really important because look at the run you went on afterwards you've gone six games winning streak and it ends with a 7-0 win over Exeter Um, only ends with a 0-0 at Oxford as well which is a really good result in itself anyway so how important do you do you actually think you look you look back at the you know, throughout the back on the season, you know, sometimes do this as fans, don't you? you? You look back on the important results. How important do you think that result will be to you in terms of the bigger picture? Yeah, I mean, like for the, all the reasons you've just said, absolutely, it, it almost certainly will be. Um, to add to that as well, it, we've kind of found a way this season to kind of gr- grind out results. There's been a couple of occasions where we've we've kind of fell into that same category as we did against yourselves. Um, and, and and that's kind of like reassuring us a little bit that we've got that um, way of grinding a, a result out and get, picking up vital three points instead of maybe historically we've, we we may have drawn that game against yourselves possibly. Or, I mean, I'm thinking like one, for example, Cambridge last season, I think we were 1-0 up to like, I don't know, like the 85th, 86th minute or something and then they equalised and, and, and you know, that was just as we were trying to get into the playoffs. So... Yeah, the, the 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 evolution of Everton—that's a tongue twister in itself. <laughs> the evolution of Everton and his team uh, is clear that you know, we're growing year on year um, and, and evolving with the time. So, but yeah, absolutely, I think it will be a, a, a big result, and there'll be plenty more between now and the end of the season as well. Similar, I would imagine. Yeah, and actually, there's, there was there's only been a couple of defeats in there along the way from then till now. Back to back against Portsmouth and Bristol Rovers at the start of December. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then you come back and again, you've faced Leighton Orient at home it's just before Christmas. You're 3-0 up inside 10 minutes and Leighton Orient have done exactly the same thing as us. They've come back yep. into it second half. Um, by the hour, it's 3-2. It, was that another one where you're holding on or is that was that a different story? Is that kind of a similar um, pattern to, to our game? Well, it's, it's one of them results again. It's one of them performances again, which I've just alluded to. Um, I think we were probably hanging on in the end, yeah. I'd say I, I, I'd agree with that. We probably... They probably didn't, again might have deserved something, but again, like I've just said, it's we're finding a way, um, which is why we, we, we find ourselves, you know, third in the table with, you know, three games down the Portsmouth, and the chances are we'll probably win 
you know, two of them out of the three possibly and, and, and we're going top of the league. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty confident. Um, and we signed some good players in January as well, which will obviously only help our, our cause as we move forward into the second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've had some decent results in January as well. There's only one defeat since that one to Bristol Rovers in December. Um, that was ironically to Orient, but like I say, a really strong transfer window for you. Um, Aaron Collins, the one that stands out the most um, in from Bristol yeah. Rovers, scored plenty of goals at this level. He knows what he's doing. You've got yeah. Nathaniel Ogbetter on loan, Calvin Ramsey on loan as well, and Caleb Taylor, all like a, a really good window for yeah. you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen so far from them? I mean, you might not have seen them too much yet because you've only yeah. had sort of one game, but but what's your kind of early impressions of your business so far? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with Collins because it's relatively recent in the memory. Obviously, he came on... Um, in the last game at Hall against Barnsley and changed the game straight away and got an assist within I think he was his second touch. So obviously that's quite promising. Um, obviously the game against Cambridge and called off and obviously didn't play in that game. Uh, prior to that, better. Um, he scored his debut away at um, Carlisle United, scored, coming on quite late on and scoring with his first touch. So that was positive. Um, Ramsey, I know uh, quite a little bit about. I've got quite a few friends of Liverpool fans who... Uh, obviously, in the northwest, you know, quite a few of them kind of go to Anfield, and they've got a lot of they've got a lot of positive things to say about him. Who um, actually was probably higher up the pecking order at Liverpool uh, than than uh, Conor Bradley, uh, who obviously has mm-hmm. gone on to do really well for them uh, following his loan with us last season. So that's positive in in a sense. You can see he's got it, whatever it is supposed to be to play at that top level. You know, the touch, the awareness, the the first touch is important and obviously he uses the ball is really good as well from the fullback, so I think he'll be a good player for us. Um and and Taylor, who I think was more of a last minute signing because Rico Santos is out for a couple of weeks. I think he's back he's back in training next week, so he should be back for next weekend. He'll miss your game at the weekend. Um but it's all competition for players, as you see, um, Danny, and that's what we want to get promoted. You know, there's a lot of football, everybody keeps harping about the fact that we've got a lot of football to play in these you know, last few months of the season. Um, but we've got a squad to deal with it, you know. We've only really got two long-term injuries in Dan Alunderloo and George Johnson, who was out for the season. Uh, George Johnson was a big blow because he's our left-side centre-half. He's a really good centre-half at this level. Um, and we've Randall Williams out for, for another month or so as well, so he'll be back probably before the end of the season. So we've got a pretty strong squad going into this running. Um, so it's been a really good good January. And, and mm. these players to be the right level for us to be able to move forward. Yeah, because it's not just that. It's not just the games to come. Obviously, you've got a load of games at hand to get through, but it's the ones that have happened already, like getting to the FA Cup third round, going to a replay against Luton, going fairly far in the EFL trophy as well, I think, to the quarterfinal stage. Um, yeah, Again, out, out on penalties. And when you get to that point, obviously, of quarterfinal, I don't know what that feels like, but <laughs> I mean, we, we've never got out of the group, I don't think. Um, but when well, you get to that it, point, I'll you start... I'll be honest, Danny. You can have that competition for now. You, you can take it off <laughs> yeah. next season. We'll we'll leave it in your 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 more than capable hands and try and progress in that. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think we've even won a game for about five years in that. Um, but it's the amount of the amount of games that have built up over time. It's going to have an impact on your legs. And when you can do what you did last weekend against Barnsley, bring off. Um, your top scorer <laughs> and then bring on Aaron Collins, yeah. Yeah, bring off Dion Charles, bring on Alan, Aaron Collins. That is yeah. a sign of things like good things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Dion's been fabulous since he signed from Accrington. Very tenacious. He's actually gone through a bit of a dry spell. So he's well overdue a goal. So 
Sorry to put that up. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he scored at the weekend because he's he's, he's long overdue a goal. But yeah, he's great. He's a great centre forward at this level. Yeah. Um. So one one with Barnsley, like I said last weekend, Tuesday night, you you make the trip to Cambridge mm. to. <laughs> Did the game start? I think the game started, didn't it? It was then yeah, abandoned. I think eight, eight or nine minutes in, I think it was done. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, your fans. I mean, I know you take a lot of fans everywhere, and I assume you took a fair amount down there. Mm. They must be yeah. fuming. I, yeah, I think I it was about a thousand that went went down, Danny. Jeez, but I think it's important insane. it's important to remember as well that we do have quite a few supporters groups dotting across, across the UK. So what mm. happens is is it looks on the face of it that Bolton took a thousand to 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 Cambridge, but the, the, there will be a good maybe four or five hundred that have travelled from kind of south of Birmingham. Um, mm. But not that that makes it any better, I suppose. But it's important to remember that a little bit as well, so, you know, in that respect. But yeah, I mean, credit to everybody who went down there. It's a, it's a long way, you know, to, to, to travel from Bolton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be going down in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as far as um, Andy Bebbington, your fan who travelled 8,000 yeah. miles to see, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it made the trip home from China to go to the game and obviously yeah. abandoned after 10 minutes. That is that's awful, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's part of any Chinese Bolton Wanderers supporters group. To be honest with you, I was speaking more London based and things of that nature. No, I think to be honest with you, with that lad, I think he. I think he's a teacher in China from what, yeah. I, what I've seen, and I think he was just coming over for kind of like Chinese New Year, and um, he tried and timed it to see Wanderers play, but yeah, it went a little bit Pete Tong, didn't it? Oh, that's not good. Have the club been able to do anything for him? And or uh, not to my knowledge, no. But it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me. Sharon at Britain Hour, um at Chairwoman, Chair Lady, is um is fabulous and she's she's got a, a heart in the right place and she tries to look I mean she looked after the Cheltenham fans when obviously we lost that, uh, our, our fan uh, in the in the crowd who passed away. Obviously them mm. them guys up from from that neck of the woods and I think they paid for the travel back on the official travel for them to come back to the game. So yeah, she's she's really good and um yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if she looked after him. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, looking at league table then, as a, as it stands at the moment after Tuesday, because you didn't get to play, you could have gone to the top two. Portsmouth played thirty one sixty three points. We obviously played them last weekend, got absolutely hammered. But I'm so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Derby four points down with a game in hand, and yourselves mm. you're five points behind Portsmouth with three games in hand. But like you said, those games in hand against Cheltenham and against Cambridge winnable games for you and obviously you've got games in between as well where does this sit with you as a fan base now are you looking at this as promotion challenge or title challenge or you just don't care as long as you get up yeah the latter to be honest I couldn't care less nobody ever remembers who wins league one do they uh, with all due respect to the league it's for mm. us it's just about getting out of it now it's been too long I mean the novelty has kind of worn off a little bit I think with a lot of the fans we, we really struggle to get tickets as well it's becoming a massive frustration um, to get tickets for away games because there's obviously the allocations aren't you know what we we would hope to get if you will and it, it's that I mean as arrogant as, as daft as that might sound that does cause a little bit of uh, animosity believe it or not um, within the fan base so I think it's just about mm. time we we tried to get out of it so yeah I couldn't care less Danny whether we're first or second naturally you know you, you want to win don't you you want to get you know you want to win whatever competition you're in so hopefully we do win the league. But I do think it's becoming um, somewhat of a three-horse race. I think uh, I, th- I do think between us, Pompey and Derby, I, I, for whatever reason, I just think Peterborough are going to fall away a little bit. 
Um, yeah. I know they've they've lost they lost one of the players, but they've loaned them back. But how how does that fit in the, the structure of the team? You know, you know what I mean. They lost obviously the last couple of games as well. Um, maybe that's more recency bias. I'm not sure, but either way, they do, they're doing a cracking job. And Mr. Ferguson's back at the helm at Peterborough, and he's do, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? I'm not going to comment on that. They can stay down there as far as we're concerned. <laughs> Just get them, down, get them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking like a yeah, promotion challenge for you. Um, what I wanted to chat about just before the break is a very different topic. Uh, when I was doing my research, I came across ludonautics, which sounds like <laughs> such a millennial word. And I'm yeah. sat here thinking, what on earth is that? But stats-based sports advisory business. Um, you've got on board yeah. recently. Um, you have been building your club on data quite a lot recently as well. You yeah. just brought them on board to 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 aid that. Can you tell us a little bit about who they are, if you know much about them? What what are they doing? How are they helping your transfer window or transfer business? Yeah, side? I don't. I don't think it'll be a an impact transfer window. Maybe certainly not the January because they've only just come in and, and possibly not even the summer. But I do think it's to try and allow us to compete in the championship. And obviously, that a particular approach by that particular company has been uh, well utilised by Liverpool uh, to name but one. Um, and obviously, there's an affiliation there with the director of the company, who obviously used to be involved with Liverpool's hierarchy. Um, his name passes me by. I do apologise. But my understanding is is that they're like you say, data driven um, firm that kind of allows clubs to kind of get a better steer on players more maybe more further afield abroad to, to kind of like understand how they're going to fit into the team and use his data to kind of understand that, um, which then hopefully allows us to be able to compete. I think there's a few changes as well if you get into the champ- back into the championship in terms of who you can sign from further afield as well. So you might see a few exotic names maybe hitting um, the Tough Sheep Community Stadium in the next few years possibly. Uh, but it's exciting and I think they've... Um, Sharon and, and the board of directors have given uh, the, the company um, a share in, in in the club, as opposed to uh, actually asking uh, or them asking us to invest in them, so to speak. Um, obviously, the risk is a lot lower then, um, but obviously that allows us to kind of if if we do well as a club, they do well as a as a, as a company as well. So obviously they'll reap the rewards as and when or even when uh, the club gets sold, possibly in the future, which I think will happen in some capacity um, because I don't think football ventures have got deep enough pockets from the outside looking in to kind of allow us to kind of flourish in the future. Not to say that they won't be involved in the football club because I do think they will be in some in some way, shape or form, but there will be a lot of shares being distributed, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you think it's just not going to kick in until probably until you go up, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. I th- I, that's, from, that's only my opinion from what I've read and what I understand about the company. I think that type of approach is is maybe a long long term approach and a strategic approach to recruitment, and it's not something you can kind of switch a, 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 a light on and or a button on and get get it going straight away. So I think it is designed to allow us to be able to compete in the championship because, like I said before, and, and rightly or wrongly, <clears throat> when we do get promoted, it won't be long until Wanderers fans expect us to start winning games. Um, I mean, saying that now, that might sound a bit stupid, but. We've obviously played a lot of our, you know, long history in, in the top two divisions of English football, so that expectation kind of gets passed down the generations. Uh, and I know we've been in League Two, but that all that all the League Two stuff and being in this division is purely through no fault of our own. If the club were ran properly, 
with the infrastructure that it's got and the fan base that it's got, there's no way we would have ended up in League Two. Um, so that's why that expectation is still is still uh, Danny. Um, yeah. Whether you whether you, whether you agree agree with that as a fan, as a Bolton fan or not is, is a different question, I suppose. Yeah, it's just don't. It feels like everything's going back in the right direction now. You're on a stable footing, good manager, good owners. Mm. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I think it's the old saying, it, Danny. Sometimes you've got to take a step back to take two forward, isn't it? I think that's yeah. maybe, maybe what what's happening. Possibly, fingers crossed. Anyway. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break there. We'll listen to these ads, and uh, we'll come back after the break. See you then. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. We're still here with Colin from the Fan Zone podcast for this week's It's a Cobbles to Me preview show. Um, Colin, let's take a little bit of a close look at your squad then so you can scare us witless before we look at the game. Um, Dion Charles is Dion Charles, the obvious standout, 13 goals, backing up what I think it was 16 he got last season. How important is he for you? You mentioned he, he's gone slightly off the boil and he's due a goal, but how how important is that and how far do you think Aaron Collins is going to push him to to kick on? Do you think they're going to work in tandem? Yeah. How's that yeah. going to work? I think it'll be the latter once again, Danny. I think that, that'll be the plan to get them two playing together. Uh, my understanding is with Aaron Collins, and I don't know a great deal about him, but from what I understand with the Bristol Rovers fans is they, they, they think he plays better in a two. Uh, and I think statistically that, 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 pro- that that's kind of proven. So naturally, you know, you're not going to drop, drop Dion. Uh, a lot of fans are craving that, giving him a rest. In inverted commas, for the people listening on audio, I did do the old <laughs> <laughs> inverted commas thing then. Um, but he um, he's our top goal scorer and he's, he's very, very important to the way we play. And I think he's just like a lot of forwards. They go through good spells and bad spells, don't they, in terms of form. And he's just going through a little bit of a dip. But yeah, he, he, he very much starts the press from the front, as you, as you can probably imagine. And the reason why we're allowed to kind of get on the pitch so fluidly is because of the way Dion hurries and presses the, the centre-halves, be it one, be it two, or be it three centre-halves. So you've, you've kind of got involved in the game at that particular time. Um, he's um, I call him the wasp because, yeah, he's, 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 you're trying to bat a wasp off you and they keep coming back, and that's exactly what, he, what he's like. Yeah, so it's a lot more than just goals, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah. is, has it? You say he's dropped off recently in front of goal, but is he still doing the other stuff, the, the wasp yeah. stuff? Is that still happening? Yeah. So that's that's still contributing quite a lot to your team as well. Exactly that, yeah, that, and that's the thing that a lot of football fans don't necessarily kind of see. They just look at the goals or, or the mm. lack of recent weeks. But yeah, he's pressing and he's hurrying and his tenaciousness and his you know doggy, doggedness and his irritatingness. 
when it comes to the, the opposition, he's still there for all to see. Yeah, and then you've got Aaron Collins coming in who can finish well. He must be licking his lips to play with somebody like Dion Charles yeah. to be able to get someone else to do the, the doggy work, the wasp work, and then he can finish the, the the chances off. I mean, you don't see a lot of strike partnerships anymore. It used to be the thing that like big man, little man, especially, well, when we were in the 90s, it was. I don't know if it was for you. Maybe under Allardyce, it was for you a little bit as well. Um, well, no, we, we, with Allardyce, but, we had we had Kevin Davis, who was a big man, but we had Elaz Juf and Nicholson Elka playing with him, so it wasn't quite yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the, the time of genuine strike partnership seems to have gone out the window a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how it works and how they put to, put that together. Uh, is that something you can see happening from Saturday, Collins and Charles starting together for the first time? Um, I mean... I probably should have maybe prepared a little bit in terms of my understanding of your your uh, defensive structure and your defensive unit. But what he never always harps on about is because he's got so many options, he's able to adjust the team in accordance to the opposition. Um, so it could very well be Dion and Colin starting together for the first time. But you know we've got Victor Arabejo who's playing really well this season. He doesn't score as many goals as Dion, but he's up, his hold up plays off. His, his back to goal works fantastic. Um, and so he could very well play with Collins, but but also John, John Daddy Bob Varson, who's a, 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 is an international footballer for Iceland, and he, he's certainly, in my opinion, our best footballer from an from an attacking perspective in terms of his ability with the ball. You know, when when we made the changes last week against Barnes, it was actually Bob Varson and Collins who came on together, and they played really really well and gelled really really well together. So it could very well be them too. Um, I can't see it being Cameron Jerome to be honest. Cameron's obviously getting yeah, towards the latter end of his end of his career, and he's very much more of a coach than anything else. Um, mm. Be a coach on the pitch, but yeah, plenty of options for for Collins or whoever it is to kind of play up front, which I'm sure yeah. is probably not what you want to hear. Actually, not at all. <laughs> we don't want to hear that at all. Um, in terms of an away game, like, is it how what are we going to expect differently tactics wise from when we last play? Obviously, you've got new signings in and stuff, but what can what can we expect in that kind of sense? Because you know, you've obviously got gone and got some good results on the road. What is it different about away games? Do you treat them differently? No, no, not at all, Danny. They, they're, they're approached in exactly the same manner. Um, you, you would expect if you can try and catch your minds back to the to the game that you played at our place, the exactly the same start, exactly the same setup, exactly the same um, formations and etc. But you know, like we've just alluded to, personnel might be slightly different um, for what you know, be it injuries or be it the fact that we sign new players. So yeah, um, very much that that preferred kind of Ian Everett um, approach, uh, which of course is his preferred 3-4-1-2 um, formation. Nice. It's, and he'll just go out go out to mainly go and win the game straight away, do we think? Yeah, well, we have to, Danny. We, we, mm. Well, like you say, we, we, we want to get promoted. So you, you have to you have to pick up three points, really. Is there, or just, I mean, maybe just not lose the game. Maybe the, the, the fact that we've got these games in hand is advantageous to us. So, Maybe you could have that approach to maybe just simply not lose the game. But as I said to you right at the very beginning, it's very, very, very important for us as fans, especially, to respect yourselves and respect the opposition and, and notice that you know you've you've actually done pretty well at home this season, haven't you? And probably the reason why you're not, you know, flirting about with that kind of relegation zone like other teams are. Um, so yeah, definitely need to respect you. Uh, but I'm, you know, the, the players of course will do, and, and Ian will get on kind of focused on respecting yourselves and getting the job done. Yeah, you've got a sense to me of, especially when we watched it, watched it the first time, you've got good players that when they know they've got the beating of the opposition, when they know they've got the confidence to do that, 
they really yeah. pick up and kick on. It's when they perhaps maybe are with the backs against the walls, maybe they don't feel like they're going to give as much. So if they can kick on for the first sort of 10, 15 minutes, I get the feeling you're going to come out pretty strong from the off, right? Yeah, and I think really having, having that, yeah, absolutely. I think having that game um, against Cambridge called called off was probably a good thing from our perspective because obviously, despite the travel, I mean, I don't look at that as, a, as an issue really because they're in. I mean, the bloody coach that they've got is as big as my house, and it, this is a, <laughs> this is a semi. So I'm not really, I don't, I don't buy, I don't buy that um, that particular thing. Um, you know, they're all on fancy coaches, aren't they? With, beds and all sorts of stuff aren't they so that's not an excuse so but yeah they'll be well rested is what I'm trying to get at so yeah they'll probably go at it because we we need, we need to continue to win football matches mm. uh, injury suspensions and you mentioned Ricardo Santos earlier yeah. I mean part of me is so happy that he's missing um, obviously not <laughs> not for the player himself because he's an absolute beast the other part yeah. of me just wants to see him go up against Tyree Simpson again because that would have been a battle for the ages the um, yeah. yeah and I think he's not back in training until next week is he so he's probably not right. going to be available for the game um, you said is it Randall Williams is he out as well did you mention yeah Randall Williams is out for probably another six weeks I think they're in thereabouts but I think he should be back before the end of the season he it, um, not, he hadn't pulled his hamstring like Dan Lundelu, he completely snapped it, so he's out for, probably out for the season. But I think Randall's just kind of like uh, strained it, if you want to call it that. So yeah, he should be back for the end of the season, but he'll definitely miss your game. Um, thinking George Thomason's back in the field from suspension. Um, mm-hmm. He's missed a couple of games because he's got an absolutely appalling um, record when it comes to yellow cards. He really needs to sort that out. Um, great footballer. May I have done it. Uh, for mm. for a lot of age 22, 23 year old is is, is a mm. cracking lad. He's got a lot of uh, credentials to go quite far, um, but yeah, he really needs to sort that out. It's a really bugbear of mine. I talk about that a lot on the podcast, and his dad listens to our podcast, and I'm sure he's <laughs> relayed, he's relayed the message on. It's really infuriating from a fan's perspective, but yeah, he's back. Uh, who else am I thinking in terms of suspensions and injuries? Big few questions over Nathan Baxter, our goalkeeper. Um, he's damaged his hands but apparently he's he's able to play through whatever pain barrier that he's got um so that he should be all right but you know that's concerned because he's been a great signer for Chelsea to be honest so obviously he's, he's he's playing the championship and stuff and he's one of them, for the for the Northampton fans he's one of them um Chelsea players that have gone alone to every man and his dog he's never actually played for the Stamford <laughs> yeah. Bridge outfit um but yeah he's been a great signing for us but I think other than that, we're, we're pretty pretty strong in in our furnace in terms of injuries and stuff. Nice. So, if you're John Brady, then what you're saying to the cobblers? If you're in the cobblers dressing room, how on earth are we going to beat you? How do we go approach approach beating you? What what do we need to do tactically? Um, go long and press as much as you possibly can do. Okay. So long, but like long searching balls up. Yeah, long yeah. balls into okay. the channel and make sure you press and you're on the front front from from okay. foot from the start. That'll put us under pressure, uh, and and sometimes we can come we, we can come unstuck against that type of approach. But if they're on it, I will, I will not. If they're on it, on it, they can play through that press, no problem. People talk about um, having a plan B and a plan C and all that stuff, and I've been harping on about this on our podcast for a while. But you just got to make plan A better, and that's what Elliot says a lot a lot of the time as well. And they'll have been fine-tuning that as best they can this past week because Barnsley did a pretty good job of that, hence why we only managed to get a draw against them. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
we we can play when when they're on it. They can play through the press, no no problems. But and having George Thomason back will certainly help that because he's like that pivot in the field who who gets who, who receives the ball and can receive the ball and, and distribute it very well in, in, into the into the channels and, and down the flanks and stuff. So yeah, it'll be a tough game for you. But like I say, your record at home is pretty decent in Furness. You know, it's not so bad. So they'll, they'll, they'll certainly fancy themselves you you but your boys to to get a result. Nice. So. Yeah, I think. Am I right in saying you've sold out your allocation first? Yeah, we do. We we we, we, we do, do anyway. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know what you said in holes. I do apologise, um, not knowing that, but obviously, it's top. You, you get it based on percentages, don't you? So I think we generally get around. I don't know, shot two thousand most weeks, and they get snapped up within minutes. Like yeah. Blackpool will give us two thousand, which is ludicrous. And then they, they went. They went in in like. At 60 seconds yesterday they actually <laughs> accidentally went on sale before the 10 o'clock and so whoever was online beforehand snapped up all the tickets before the 10 o'clock actual sale started so there was a yeah. lot of kickoff there so um, what was that was um, that yesterday did you say is that on yeah. on thursday yes yeah Dan, yeah that's correct and we played blackpool in the sea end of the month and the tickets for that game went on sale yesterday and they sold out within about 60 seconds which is it's ridiculous, really. But. Yeah, that's so interesting. Cause our um, our local derby went on sale against Peterborough yesterday, and yeah. this is a complete tangent, but um, they went on sale at like four thirty in the afternoon. So there's a massive uproar. They didn't have any kind of season ticket pre-sales or anything like that. Right. So the big uproar about that. We'll, we'll probably talk about it um, if anyone's listening. I hope someone's listening <laughs> on the main pod on Sunday. But um, a lot of them went on sale at four thirty. So there's a mad scramble to get them. Obviously, it's the local derby, biggest away game of the season. Yeah, no, pre- no pre bookings for season ticket holders, and then they've they've come out about six thirty saying they haven't all gone, but there was a mistake in the system or something. So <laughs> I wonder if some sort maybe, of footballing maybe slugs yeah. are in the in place somewhere. Yeah, we're all we all probably use that Ticketmaster system, don't we? So maybe it's got yeah. something to do with that. Um, possibly, who knows? It's a bit of a mm. coincidence, I guess, isn't it? But yeah, they, did, yeah, they went on sale early. I think they, were spo- they definitely were supposed to go on sale at ten o'clock, but apparently they went on sale at like five to ten. So everyone's right. online. The score got snapped up. Yeah. Got all, all in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad. Um, all your Bolton fans coming in then on Saturday, sort of close to one and a half thousand, I guess, coming over. Expectations for this? Is it just we have to win this game? Is this one of the ones that you pencil in and say, right, three points there and move on? Or yeah, point? it needs to be because we want to get promoted. But as I've said on the podcast already, it's very important for any Bolton fan listening to this that we respect Northampton Town, not not just look at the fact that you yourselves have got promoted and, and assume that we're going to win because that then adds pressure onto the players and, and that can have an adverse effect. So we need to respect yourselves. We need to respect your home record. We need to respect your players um, and just, just back the lads and, and hopefully to get the three points. Good stuff. I'll put you on the spot to finish with then. Firstly, are you going up? If I, talk, if I ask you now. No, um, child care um, as, 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 as enabled me not Oh, no, to sorry. I meant, I meant Bolton in, in terms of... Oh, sorry. My apologies. Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good That's to know what, as well. But... Yeah, you just found out I'm not going to the game because I'm a little bored. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we will. I think we'll I think we'll go up as champions. I think we'll, we'll go up. Um, and I think, obviously, like you say, the Derby or Peterborough and Portsmouth will get that second spot. Mm, it's a really interesting mix because Derby seems to have found form and snuck in 
almost under the radar because they've been they weren't great at the start of the season. There was murmurings about the manager and everything, and they've just sort of slowly worked their way back up, and suddenly they're in second. Yeah. Obviously, it's fantastic to see Peterborough slip out of it, and but you, <laughs> you just get the feeling with them they're always going to be in and around, aren't they? And and trying yes. to avenge what happened last season. It does feel a bit like it's the it's two from four at the moment, doesn't it? So, I mean, if mm. I, if I had to push you. Who, who you're saying comes up with you if you're winning the league? My prediction is us and Portsmouth as the top two. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Northampton podcast, but <laughs> Derby, Derby to win the playoffs because of Paul Warren. I don't think Derby have got the squad beyond the starting 11, especially because they miss it. They, they were desperate to sign a forward in, in January and they've, they've not, they didn't get one. And I think that was a, really important to them. To that allow them to challenge with us and Pompey to, to get them top two spots. So I do think that they'll end up in the playoffs, but I think because of Paul Warren, they'll win it. So to answer your question, us, Pompey and Derby up with the three, which I think, to be honest, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sure you guys will stay up this season and you're getting closer and closer every week to your points target. So if we're looking at League One next season, if, if you do get rid of Portsmouth, uh, Derby and Bolton, then if you want to try and progress as a football club, you could do with getting rid of them three clubs, can't yeah. you, really? Yeah, you, yeah, get out. We've had... at, you know, from your, if I was in your, your ball, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think we've had our fun with the big boys now that you can get out. <laughs> get some smaller teams down here again. Um, yeah. Lastly, and to finish off, score prediction for Saturday? Um, I think it'll be a tight 2-1 to us. Um, I think... I actually think you can end up with taking the lead, and we'll we'll come back and, and we'll we'll get a we'll get a tight tight two one win. Yeah, might be right about that. I can see a score, and we generally score in games, but mm. injury situation at the minute is pretty horrendous, as it was this time last year with plugging holes. Hoskins is out for about a month, um, so that <laughs> gives you a boost up already. Um, injury, one of the main injuries in midfield is going to be again crucial depending on what happens there John Brady never really gives anything away but but we know that Hoskins is definitely out for a month so it's going to be tough I, I hate predicting losing for the second week in a row but I'm going to have to I'm going to go 3-1 Bolton I think so can I ask Monday, a, a quick question yeah. to, to the Bolton fans I'm sure definitely listen to this mm. um, if we're talking about the starting 11 that you, that you had at our place when you, you, you obviously lost 2-1 um, will the, how many players will be out of that in compared to the team that, that started our place? Um, I'll find it actually because I can't remember who started. I'm just going to find the lineup now. Uh, da, 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 da. So, uh, Burge will still be in goal. Odimeo was right back. That'll probably be not the case. He's injured. And so, who's been coming in? Aaron McGowan was coming in for him. Um, but I'm not. Yeah, who's who's playing? This is bad. <laughs> who's playing at right back at the minute? Um, this wasn't Harvey Lintot. That's it. Har- Harvey Lintot's playing right back um, at the minute, so he'll probably start if McGowan's not fit. Um, Sherring's out as well, so he was playing centre back at your place. He he's probably missing as well still. So that'll be Jordan Willis, who I don't think he was with us. Um, at your place, so he'll be there. Manny Monty was playing at your place. He started as the giant defender. You would have probably stood yeah. out. He yeah. potentially will play, but I'm not sure. I think John Guthrie will probably play in that position. Guthers was out. He'll, Guthrie will definitely play. And uh, Patrick Broth. So three of the four of the back four will be different. Right. Um, we had Sean McWilliams at your place. He's out. We had um, Mark Leonard. He'll play in a deeper role. 
Um, but it's the it's injury to Jack Salby. Jack Salby's injury is, sort of ruins everything in midfield because he he kind of sits where next to McWilliams usually, and he does all the kind of dirty work in the, in the yeah. defensive midfield role to allow Leonard to come forward and do his thing. Yeah. And Leonard's just been stuck doing the defensive role at the minute, and it just doesn't work. Um, so what, what injuries are like in there I'm not sure at the minute um, Kieran Barry will play Mitch Pinnock will play obviously Hoskins won't so Louis Apparet will probably come in on the on the left hand side of the attack and Tyree Simpson is you'll see a different Tyree Simpson that's what I'll say hopefully it's around about Christmas tree, Christmas time Tyree's just turned into the beast that we thought we'd signed at the start of the season and he's, yeah. he's started to kick on now so hopefully that's why I was really wanted to see the battle between him and Santos because <laughs> that would have been a really juicy well, battle but you talk about recall and it, yes, he's a mountain, not only height, but, but width, he's a big bloke, but um, Taylor that we signed from West Brom, he's a big lad as well. Mm. Um, I actually went down pitch side against, against uh, Barnsley the other day and I stood next to him and I, I'm six foot one and he's, he towers above me, so he's a he's a big old unit. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll play, obviously, Taylor against against that big lad up, up top for yourselves. But interesting we talk about your midfield, I think you may very well have answered your own question about who starts for us mm. up top. Obviously, if your defensive midfield is looking a little bit short, which it sounds like it is, yeah, um, then playing Collins in that kind of deeper, maybe free role could cause you quite a few problems. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe that maybe that's you've kind of answered your own question, I guess, with your injury problems. Yeah, just hope Ian Everett's not listening to this then. <laughs> in case, um, hey, t- we, 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 have, we have a good record that he's very in tune with a lot of the fan stuff, so he may very well. Very, very well. <laughs> Hi, Ian, if you're, if you're listening, just ignore all of that. Um, Colin, thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, yeah, Fans on Podcasts. Um, we're, we're a bit of a baby, actually. We've been going about uh, just over 12 months. Uh, we do preview and review shows. Uh, we also do... Uh, plenty of interviews with um, current and, and former players as well. So if any of the cobblers are listening and they might want to find a little bit more about some of our players, uh, we've got the likes of uh, Gethin Jones on there and, and George Johnson and a few of the, 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 the first teamers on, on, on our podcast on via YouTube. You can tune in and watch them. Pretty good pretty good listens. I think it's always interesting to listen to a, a professional and, and, and open up about the personal lives and, and all that mm. stuff, which, which, they, which they do. It's quite a good, good, good listen, actually. Um, but yeah, we, we tend to record on a Sunday after the Saturday games and on a, um, a Wednesday after the after the, the Tuesday games. What with ourselves, we, we're always live as well. Um, we, we make a conscious effort to, to put all our stuff out live, which goes down pretty well. Um, but yeah, we're, 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 we all enjoy it. There's four of us, there's myself, Chris, um, Ange and young Ben, who is the, the steer of the ship. I call him H. Um, <laughs> It, it, it was his baby actually he did, he did very well he started it off himself and he's, he's grown it he's done, a, he's done a sterling job good stuff so that's the Fan Zone podcast do go and check that out on social media for when they're looking back on this game hopefully it'll be a good one good luck to the Cobblers this weekend good luck also to NTFC women who travel to Sheffield FC on Sunday afternoon at the brilliantly named Home of Football Stadium that's a two o'clock kickoff in the FA Women's National League Division 1 Midlands so good luck to them let's get another good result after last weekend's 6-0 hammering at Notts County uh, we'll be back on Tuesday as ever with all our reaction to both of those games thank you again Colin and we'll see you next week
Social Podcast Network.